Greetings in Jesus' name. The message you are about to listen to is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Polvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power. Welcome to a life-transforming message by Pastor Andrew Mutan. And washed in his blood. So we thank God for what he's doing. Philippians chapter 2. The Bible says from verse 9, Wherefore God has highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Today I'm going to be talking about that great name, that name that is above every other name, that name that has been exalted above every other name in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, the mighty name of of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for gathering us in this house today. Lord, we pray that even as I, as I share your word, that you will release your power, release your grace. Let your presence fill this place. And Father, may you be glorified in this place we give you praise and honor and worship in jesus name we pray amen and amen so we have been talking about jesus uh, and and we have shared about why did jesus come as a man why did he have to die last sunday we looked at the Bible says that he died that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but live for the one who died for them. When Jesus came on earth, he came that we may, he may have many sons, many brothers. Amen? So through his death, we all have become the children of God. And also he came that we may have victory. Because he spoke to the disciples when he was about to die. He says, in this world you will have many troubles. But be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. If Jesus had not come, we would have no hope. We would have no hope of eternity. We would have no hope to be victorious in this world. But because of Jesus, we 
are overcomers. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, because of Jesus, you are an overcomer. You are a winner. You are a winner in life. Not just a winner in life, but actually you are a king. Because the Bible says that those, the scripture we read in the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 17, that if by one man's offense, death came in the world, how much more? Because of one man's act of righteousness shall those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life. So you are supposed to reign in life. You are not supposed to, to just go on day after day struggling to make it through life. You are supposed to be victorious. But not every believer is experiencing that kind of life. And the question is why? Why are there people who call themselves children of God and yet they are struggling with depression? And yet they are struggling with pain. They are struggling with debt. Struggling with all the other things that everybody else is struggling with. You know, it's, they are not reigning in life. They are hustling through life. And I've told you many times, not for political reasons, but I'm not a hustler. My life is not a gamble. I'm not trying to make it through life. I'm not trying to, you know, to kupanga. No, 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 no. My life has already been planned by God. The script has already been written. All I have to do is to walk and live by that script. And, and, and I know I'm successful, but I'm even going to be more successful. Why? Because of Jesus. He said this in John chapter 10, verse 10. And I want these things, these are simple scriptures, but I want you to get them in your spirit. He said, the thief, John 10, verse 10, the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. The devil's assignment is to steal. So he wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your finances. He wants to steal your children. He wants to steal whatever he can steal. That's his job. He's a thief. But the Bible says, and to destroy. So he's destroyed marriages. He's destroyed relationships. He's, he's destroyed families. And that's why Paul wants us not to give him a chance because he's always looking for a chance. And we know the, the chance that we give most of the time is when we sin. Sin is any rebellion against God. Sin is not just what we call the big sins. But the moment we do not obey God's word, we are in sin. And that's how the enemy gets an opportunity. So the moment he has that opportunity, he will steal, he will kill, he will destroy. But Jesus says, but I am come that they may have life. Enjoying life is only in Jesus. 
Some people are out there thinking they're enjoying life, but life is really enjoying them. <laughs> In our kunwa, as they say, they think they are, they, are, they are drinking life, but life is... I mean, they, they, they are always having hangovers. They're always having stress. They're always having you know, all kinds of things. But just say, that is not what the kind of life that I created you for. I, I want you to have abundant life. Life in its fullness for this world. There is no other thing. There is no real joy outside of Jesus Christ. In Christ, we have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Some, I remember sometimes someone said the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is because of happenings. Yeah? Things are good. You have a new job. You have a car. You, have, you are all happy. Then you are happy. There's happiness. But, but joy comes from the presence of God. It's not the, the absence of pain or the absence of sorrow, but it's the presence of God that brings joy. That's why when you are a child of God, you can have no money in your wallet or in your pocket and be joyful. You can, things don't have to be going on well, but you, you, you are joyful. It's, it's what Paul called the joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. And that's the kind of joy that the world can never have. You know, they, they, that's why they will look for every kind of thing to make them happy. But happiness is just for a moment. You are happy, you're excited, and then you get depressed. But, but the joy of the Lord, that's why the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. When, when you're a child of God, find a way of having the joy of the Lord. You know, sometimes it's a conscious decision where you wake up every day. You know, a, a friend of mine said, you know, the Bible says, this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice. But when he wakes up in the morning, he just says, this is the day the Lord has, has made, I'm already rejoicing. And I'm glad in it. Amen? So it's not that I'm going to rejoice. Just because the day is here, I'm rejoicing. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Don't, don't put your joy on hold because of, a, of your expectation. Some people say, oh, when I build that house, I'll be happy. No, you won't. Because by the time you build the house, you'll now be thinking about the furniture. And that will stress you. You know, and then when you have the furniture, then you'll be like, let me get the latest TV. I mean, there's like every kind of thing that stresses people. But can you begin to enjoy your life where you are on the way to where you're going? Can you begin to celebrate the goodness of the Lord and have the joy of the Lord that is not dependent on happenings? Because when you learn to rejoice, that's why Jesus Christ says, I came to, that you may have joy. That you may have joy. There is a peace that the world does not know. That's why it says, peace, my peace, I live with you. You know? The, 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 these worldly things have temporal peace. 
You know, there's someone when someone gets a new car and they close up all those windows and they put on the SC, they feel like, now I have peace. <laughs> Nobody's going, I'm not going to hear all the, 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 the voices in Nairobi and all this. But, but you can't, I mean, that is just temporal peace. You get out of that car, you won't sleep in that car. You know, and, and so people are struggling, looking for peace. But the real peace is only in Jesus. There's a song we used to sing many, many years ago. In Jesus Christ, the real peace of mind is found in Jesus Christ. The real, real, real true love is found in Jesus Christ. And it goes on and on. You know, the, the, the real true love, people are looking for love. People are are willing to give up things for love. Just to hear someone say, I love you, causes people to do things they don't even want to do. People look for affection. People have expectations. But friends, outside Jesus, there's no true love. But you know that, That's why even as a Christian couple, as a Christian marriage, or people who are, you know, who are believers, it, it's not automatic that it's, it's a, an easy marriage. But for me, I found out one secret. Not to put expectations on my wife that only Jesus is meant to handle. I cannot expect my, my wife to make me joyful. She, she can't make me happy. I mean, she, she, she is limited. She's a human being. So there will be times when I know she cannot make me happy. She cannot give me the peace. You know, some men are like, oh, I'm just looking for peace. If I can just get a woman that can give me peace, a woman won't give you peace. Only Jesus can give you peace. I say it again. <laughs> okay, man will not give you peace. <laughs> only if you're looking for that peace in woman or that love you'll be frustrated you'll be waking up every day accusing that woman of what she's not able in fact the more you accuse her the more you lack the peace i, I wasn't meant to preach on marriage but i feel like you know someone told me something that helped me says you know we men act women react Everything they, they are given, because God has given them a womb, they will make sure that they, they build it up and they give you a hundredfold shaken together running over. So you give them a word, they will make it very well and they will bring it back to you shaken together. And as a man, you will not be able to handle it. That's why some men end up laying hands wrongly on women. Are we together? But that is not your portion. Someone said that is not my portion. Jesus came that you may have all those things that the world cannot give you. That's why as a child of God, unless you build that intimate relationship with Jesus, you will always be frustrated. You will live like everybody else in the world. Wondering why, how come I'm saved but I'm miserable? Why? Because you have not yet learned how to seek the kingdom of God. 
You see, God wants to bless you. God has no problem with blessing you. Everything that you desire, God wants, but he wants to bless you when you are in the kingdom. I mean, I could give you testimony after testimony. I have learned when I, whatever I want, I just chase what God wants. And, and I found out that God wants, God loves his church. And so my heart is in the church of God. I want to be a blessing to the church of God. I want to pursue the church of God. Every time God blesses me, I'm like, I'm giving. I will give. I will tithe. Not because I have to give as a law, but because I want the church of God to be blessed. And the more I give, the more I, I, I give my time, I give of money, I give whatever, God makes sure that I am blessed. And I want you to enjoy that kind of life. Amen? I want you, Impact Church, to enjoy the life of God. Not to live in a life of you know, stress, trying to be a Christian. You know, there are people who are always, oh, I'm trying so hard to remain a believer. I'm working so hard to be a child of God. You can't. This salvation life is not something you can work. It takes the grace of God. But for you to get the grace of God, you must also learn how to pray that you can access that grace. Things are meant to be easy, if I can use that word. In Christ, things are meant to be easy. Not because of our own strength, but because he makes it easy. He makes it easy. We are able to go through life. And people look at you and say, how come you're going through the fire, but you're not being burned? Yes, I'm in the fire right now, but there is a fourth man in the fire that is making me look like everything is okay, yet I'm going through a fire. I'm going through a wilderness, but nobody can even tell because God is walking right beside me. I'm going through the waters, but I cannot drown. Why? Because he is with me. That's why when we talk about Jesus, one of his names is Emmanuel. I am the God who is with you. You must cultivate in your life the presence of God. Everything that does not allow the presence of God in your life have nothing to do with it. And you know one of the things that the enemy uses to take away the presence of God is strife, offense, division. He wants you to be angry all the time. He wants you to be stressed up all the time. But, but Paul says rejoice in the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Be intentional about that. Be intentional about that. Say, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. Let me just read the scripture. You know, I, I'm, I'm still talking about the name of Jesus, but I feel like God wants me to share some of these things. Rejoice, joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Habakkuk. Habakkuk talks about, it's a very powerful scripture. Some people say, Oh, you know, I'm going through so many things. How do you expect me to be happy? You know, my business is not working. Um, I'm struggling. Habakkuk says these words. I just felt like, you know, let me, let's just read this scripture. Habakkuk 2 and verse 17. He says, Though the fig tree does not blossom, and there is no fruit 
3, sorry, 3 verse 17. Though the, though the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vines, the product of the olive fails and the fields yield no food. Though the flock is cut off in the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls. This is a man who is like, man, everything is not working out. The fig tree, I mean, those days, this, were, this is every business he's trying, you know. The fig tree is not blossoming. There is no fruit on the vine. Even the olive is, has failed. The fields are yielding no food. says, now even the flock has been cut off from the fold. And there is no herd in the stalls. What does he say? Verse 18. Yet I will rejoice. Someone say, yet I will rejoice. In the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Everything doesn't seem to be working. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to murmur about it. I'm not going to let the whole world know that it is so bad with me. I'm not going to throw a pity party. I'm not going to start the blame game and blame who is not helping me or who is doing this to me or who is not doing. I'm just going to rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Let me tell you, when you choose to do that, you will be amazed. You will wake up every day and you will just be joyful. I'm not talking about happy, but joyful. You'll be joyful. You'll be joyful. You'll rejoice. Say, so, Lord, I thank you. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you have been good to me. God will make things happen in your life when you know the secret of walking in the joy of the Lord. Amen? So, let's look at the reasons why, we, why God has given us this name. I'm going to talk about the name of Jesus. I'm talking about the name of Jesus. That name that is above every other name. There is power in that name. Amen? That name has been exalted. There are five things I want us to look at about the name of Jesus. And I'll begin with uh, what we've just talked about. I want us to go to the book of John. Jesus Christ wants us to pray in his name. Amen? And he says, when we pray in his name, anything we ask for, he will give to us. I like saying this, but I will repeat it for the sake of those who probably it has never sunk in your heart. Whoever told you that when you pray, you should know that God is going to say wait or say no, he lied to you. Every time we pray in the name of Jesus, God says yes. Now, when he says yes, the manifestation of the answer may take some time. Are we together? 
because sometimes it's because the, the, the things are not in place for that answer to be manifest. But God says, this is, this, these are the very words of Jesus. Let's, let's read them. From verse, let's begin from verse 11. It says, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. And it says, verse 12, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, anyone who believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works, John 14, verse 12, and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my father. Now listen, verse 13, whatsoever you ask, tell your neighbor whatsoever. Whatsoever you ask, in my name. That I will do. You know, I want you, I, I'm, I'm one of the people who believe we're supposed to take the word of God literally, okay? The way it is. Jesus has said, whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do. So, either we are not asking or we are not asking in, in his name. Because he says, when we ask in his name, he will that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So, the reason why we don't have what we need, either we are not asking, or we are not asking in his name, or we are not asking for the glory of the Father. As simple as that. We're just asking for our own, you know. But it says, if you ask in my name, I will give it to you that the Father may be glorified. Now, he doesn't stop there. Verse 14, he repeats himself. says, just in case you didn't get me, let me tell you again. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. <laughs> Can we read that word together? Verse 14 says what? Just say, these are the words of just says, if, let's read together. Now personalize it. Say, if I ask in the name of Jesus, Jesus will do it. You need to believe this. When you pray, Believe he will do it. Have no doubt. Because the Bible says a man putting his integrity. You know, you, you're putting him to a test. He has said I will do it, but you're praying as if you know religion is so bad. I hate religion, the spirit of religion. Because the spirit of religion makes people just do things for the sake of it. You just go to church because it is Sunday. You pray because someone wrote some prayers, so you recite them. You don't even know what this person was thinking about when they were writing those. I mean, that person is dead. You are the one who is alive today, but you're reading a thousand old prayers. But there has to be something in you that believes that Jesus loves you. 
that Jesus wants the best for you. That he wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to make everything. He says anything you ask. Now someone said, does that include a jet? Yes. If you ask it in his name, he will do it. If you ask for land, is land something? As long as it is a thing, he will. As long as you ask it in his. So perhaps we don't know how to ask in his name. But that is the power of the name of Jesus. It says you ask anything. Pray. But you know he doesn't stop there. If you got now to chapter 15. Okay. He's still talking about his name. Chapter 15. And he says this. Oh hallelujah. Verse. Let's begin from verse 11. He says. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. You remember I talked about joy? Jesus wants you to be filled with his joy. And that your joy might be full. Hallelujah. It says, I have spoken these things to you. That my joy may be full. Which things? Now I want us to go back. Which things? Because sometimes as you read the Bible, you want to understand the context. Saying these things I've spoken to you. That your joy may be. So to understand these things that he's talking about, let's just go back to verse 7. It says, if you live in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you will. Another version says you will ask whatever you desire. <laughs> whatever you want. And it shall be done to you. So we must know that in the name of Jesus, there is nothing that is impossible. It is not just, you know, the demonic spirits that are cast out in his name. It is not just the healing. Everything you say in his name, you pray in his name. That is why whenever we pray, we end with the name of Jesus. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Now, if you truly believe that, because some people just say it for the sake of it, but if you truly believe in the name of Jesus, you're going to see miracles. Hallelujah. If you truly believe. You know, you know the devil also knows whether you know the name or not. We know the sons of Sceva, that story. They come to this demonic spirit and say, oh, we cast you out in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And, and the demons look at them and say, Jesus, we know. Even Paul, we know. But who are you? And the Bible says that the man beat them and stripped them. And so, we must know the name and pray in the name. Amen? There is so much power in the name of Jesus. How, how I pray that we will understand. He, he does not want us to go through any other name. 
directly in his name. When we pray in the name of Jesus, we are going to see miracles. John, one of the promises that we have, John chapter 16 and verse 16. Let's look at it. And that's what we believe as a people of God. John 16, one of the promises of Jesus. He says, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believes not shall be condemned. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Someone say, in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay their hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. All these things happen in his name. Amen? If you haven't seen these signs following you, you need to begin to see them. I remember one time uh, I was praying somewhere and I got into prayer and I prayed for about an hour. I just felt a burden. I don't even know what I was dealing with because sometimes you're praying in the Holy Spirit. You don't even know what you're dealing with. But as I, when I finished praying, uh, I walked from people in that village, come, you know, they come, enter the house, look for the snake. Eventually they find it and they beat it and they hit and they kill it. But everyone was shocked that I'm still alive because it was a very poisonous snake. And they are, you know, they, for me, I didn't feel anything. I didn't even pray. <laughs> you know, I didn't even, I didn't even think so much about it. But it was a sign to these people that there's something that I have that a snake can, you know, bite me and nothing happens. And, and, and there, are, there are things, perhaps there are things that I've even put in your drinks and you don't even know. You just probe. Why? Just the name. That's the power of the name. And you have to believe in that name. So I've already moved him. Believe. If you pray, you, your prayer is only as powerful as your faith in God. There's so many people who speak that name. You know, they're not mixed with faith. You see, that, that the challenge with, with, with uh, religion, because religion is man's ways of trying to find God. Whereas Christ came to for us, we don't really need even to struggle to find him. All we need is to just surrender to him, believe on his name. But religion causes the word of God to be of no effect. Because people will do things and they don't mix them with faith. There's a time Paul, you know, actually not Paul, the writer of the Hebrews, because we really do not know who the writer of the Hebrews is. But he spoke in the book of Hebrews, and I'm trying to look for that verse. Um, you'll forgive me if I don't find it. But it says, the problem with the Israelites, it's a scripture that just came to me. It will be your homework. You go look for it. It says, the problem with the word of God did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith by them who heard it. So you can receive the word of God 
But if you don't believe in that word and walk, what is faith? I've already talked about faith. Faith, in a simple, in a simple way of understanding faith, you receive faith by hearing the word of God. Okay, so God speaks, you hear the word, faith comes. But you do not believe it, and I'm going to begin to speak it. Not according to what I'm going through, but according to what God has said. I confess the word of God. Without confession, you can't even be saved. So faith is connected with what you say, what you confess. There's nothing like getting saved in your heart. You know, people tell you, ah, me, I'm saved in my heart. No, no, no. That's a lie. Without confessing, you cannot. So the same thing that works for salvation works for every area of your life. If you believe God has healed you, walk around every day declaring that you're healed. Because that is what activates the faith. But then three, you cannot really say you have faith until you act in obedience to what God has said. So you receive it, you hear it, you have to say it, but you also have to act. So if God has said, this is what I want you to do, begin to do it. So if we say that we really believe on the name of Jesus... There has to be certain things in our lives that show. It's, it's interesting. The Bible says, if you believe in God, believe there is a God. Even the devil believes there is God. But the devil cannot confess that Jesus is Lord. The devil cannot do the will of God. So if you don't, if you just stop at believing, then you're, you're not, you're as powerless as the, as the devil. Though he believes. The Bible says he believes so much that he even trembles. You know where that scripture is in the book of James? It says you say you believe in God, even the devil believes. And he believes it so much that he trembles. But that doesn't change him from being a devil. <laughs> so those who believe on his name, he gave them the power to become the children of God. When we believe in the name of Jesus, we have power to become the children of God. That's why I began by saying that even when the, the stumbling blocks come, God turns them into stepping stones that take you to another level. Even when, when the, the enemy tries to put a roadblock in your path, it becomes something that pushes you to another level. You know, God begins to turn everything around to help you. Why? Because you believe on his name. You are now a child of God. You have the power to overcome every obstacle. That's why the Bible says the, the whole earth is really waiting for the manifestation of these children of God. Not just church-going people, not just religious people, not just people who know the scriptures, not just people who know the songs and they know how to raise their hands. No, the people who really know, I'm a child of God. I believe on the name of Jesus. And so, let the challenges come. Let the battle. Those are those that pray that God will lift you up from a place of just talking about Jesus and being excited when you're in church, but to a place of knowing, walking around knowing, 
I'm a child of God. I will stir up a fire in you that you will get tired of low living. You'll get tired of mediocrity. You'll get tired of lack and poverty and all the struggles and begin to rise up and say, I believe in the name of Jesus. This God is not just for us in church. He's a God who's supposed to affect every area of our lives. So believe in his name. Believe in his name. Believe in his name. When you believe, you'll be amazed what things are going to happen. Mark, let's look at Mark. Talking about the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 11 and verse 24. Jesus Christ speaks these words. If you believe, Oh, hallelujah. Let's begin from verse 22. Says they're just answering them, them, says, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, verse 23, that whatsoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall, someone say, shall. That those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have. If you say. Then he says the next verse. Therefore I say to you. Whatever things you. Have some people told you that God only gives you your needs. He can't give you wants. That's not true. He can give you whatever. Whatever your wants, your desires. All you have to do is to just be in his will and pray according to his word. says, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe you will receive them and you shall have them. Oh, praise the Lord. But we have to pray in the name of Jesus. Anything, anything, that's why those who believe on his name will change the world. Hallelujah. I say those who believe in his name will change the world. Number three, we are supposed to call on the name of the Lord. Now someone will say, what is the difference between calling on the name of the Lord and praying in the name of the Lord? People, I've had stories of people who say, God, and God will come through for them. So everybody, anybody that has flesh can call on the name of the Lord. Not on the name of the Lord. And the Bible has given a promise and says, whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever, that's why we need to preach the gospel. Romans chapter 10. This is, if, if, you, if you want a reason to preach the gospel, I mean, it can't be clearer than this. Paul says, how will they know, how will they hear unless someone preaches to them? You know, how will people know about Jesus? I mean, even us, even me and you, we wouldn't have been saved unless someone told us about Jesus. And, you know, thing that I need to know because there's been statistics. A lot of people have been killed by speeding vehicles. Someone told me of a certain night where 
a car just rammed into so many people. And people die as if they're just dying like flies. And, and many of them sadly go without knowing Jesus. Many of them go without... Let's read Romans chapter 10. There's the word. Call. So there's no difference between, you know, Kikuyu or Luo or Maasai or British or Arab. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, God will listen to them. Verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it doesn't matter how how much you think you have sinned against God. How much you think you have walked away from God. How many times you think you have done what God does not want. The moment you call unto him. Like that prodigal says, how then can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So, men, there are men who are crying, but they don't even know how to cry out to God. And it's you and me as we walk out there that they're going to hear the word of God. Verse 15. And how shall they preach unless they're sent? So, God has already said, says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Men have to call on the name of the Lord. And whosoever, never discount people, never look down on people. Never think it is over. It is, people have done so much. They know God says, whoever calls on his name shall be saved. I pray that as we look forward to getting to 2023, that we'll have more people who are going out in the hospitals, in the schools, in the prisons, on the streets, everywhere preaching the gospel. I pray that Impact Church will not just be made of people who come on Sunday and they sit and as someone says they warm the pews, but it shall be made of goers. Someone say goers. Not comers, but goers. People who come to church just get fired up by the word of God and say every single day of my life I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. I'm going to let people know because some people will not call upon God because they don't know him. They have The God that they have been presented to is the God of religion. Is a God who is angry. I have to go through Mary or go through a saint or go through somebody else. They never even believe that God can forgive them unless they go to a priest. But we know the true God. And that God says there is nothing that separates me from you. If you call on my name, you will be saved. Hallelujah. Number four. This one, I will not dwell on it so much. We have to be baptized in his name. Baptized in his name. He says, baptizing men, everyone who believes. Let's go back to the book of Mark. It says, go into all the world, preach the gospel. It says, whoever is, sorry, Matthew. 
Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 28. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. Amen? That's why as a church, we don't believe in baptizing infants, but we believe that everybody who has believed in God needs to be baptized because even Jesus Christ was baptized. Amen? So if you are not yet baptized, you want to get baptized, we will baptize you in water, in much water. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We will immerse you in the water. In the name of? Hallelujah. He says, go then and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we are baptized in the name. And then lastly, we gather in his name. Amen? We gather in his name. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20. Matthew 18 and verse 20. We are gathering here today in the name of the Lord. Now, what is a church? A church is, according to Jesus, it is not multitudes. It is any two or three who are gathered in his name. He says, when you gather in my name, I will be there. When you gather in my name. That is why it is important for us not to forsake the assembling together. I know you can have church in your house. I know you can, you know, pray and worship. But there is something about gathering. There is something about being together in his name. That, 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 that causes us as a church to become so powerful. That, that causes, there are certain things that will not break when you are on your own. There are certain things that will only break when you gather. Amen? says, you must gather in my name. Now, we are all human and we struggle and we go through all kinds of things. But God is saying, as long as you are gathered in my name, I'm there. And my presence will break the yokes. My presence will lift you up. Not only that, when we gather as a church, you know, I could compare it to the parliament, but the church is stronger and more powerful than the parliament. Because the parliament will legislate the matters of earth. They will legislate the matters of the nation. They will make laws. But for us as the church, when we gather, we are not just gathering. We are here to legislate the issues of heaven. He says, I have given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. I want you to know, church, we are not just a few people that are to be pitied, you know, that have lacked something else to do. No, no, no. We are here because our gathering is making a difference in this city. It is making a difference in Westlands, in the nations. There is power that is being
being released. I pray, how I wish God would open your eyes that you would see in the spirit and understand the impact that we have as a church. A true body of believers. Forget about churches where people are just charlatans and people are just playing games and, and some of them are witches that are just being called pastors. I mean, we have all those kinds of people. You know, they do magic and they sell water and they do all kinds of funny things. No, that's not the kind of church I'm talking about. But a true church of God that is gathering in the name of God, when it meets, and thank God there are many such churches in this city, when that church meets, power is released. There is so much authority that is released in the name of Jesus. That's why the enemy tries to to, to stop people from coming to church and from gathering and, and from meeting together because he knows when we gather, there is authority. I want us to rise up. The message is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Polvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words but power.